You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Now my next guest is the chair of the Irish Food Writers Guild who held their annual awards last week. I spoke to Caroline Hennessy yesterday to find out all about this year's winners. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Caroline, thanks a million for joining me this morning. All the chats this morning is about the Oscars over in Hollywood, but forget about that. We're here today to talk about very special Irish Food Writers Guild Awards, which took place last week. Just to start off, tell us a bit about the history of the awards, because you were celebrating 30 years this year. Yeah, we, I, I like to say that we are the Oscars of the Irish food world in some ways. Um, so. And one of the reasons for that is that nobody gets to put themselves forward for these food awards. These food awards are very independent. Nobody pays to enter or anything like that. And it's all you don't know that you're even entered into the food awards or nominated or shortlisted until you win an award. So it it comes with as a, as a surprise, a very lovely surprise for, for so many of our award winners. And that's I think that's really important. So to go back to the beginning, um, in 1993, uh, these awards were set up by the at the time, the Guild, the Irish Food Writers Guild only had about a dozen members and they wanted to focus attention on Irish food and because if you think back to Sharon to 1993 there wasn't a huge amount of hype about Irish food people really weren't very excited about it and it was all looking I suppose we just started to travel outside the country in in so many ways like we just got our hands on a little bit of money, a little bit of, of airline tickets that weren't too expensive. And we were traveling and we were coming back with loads like Italian food was really, really popular. I do remember around then. Um, and like, I don't know if we'd even heard the word tapas uh, in, in the early 90s. So it was a really exciting time for people in food, look, looking at food, but it was really kind of looking outside the country. And the food writers realise that, like, we have so much incredible food in Ireland, but it's not being brought to the fore, not being celebrated and highlighted. And at that time, you have to remember as well, 30 years ago, there were no food awards in the country. So there was no way of finding out about Irish food unless you picked up the McKenna's Guides or Georgina Campbell's Guides and looked, looked for it that way. But you weren't going to come across food really in the papers very much because even you know think about the Irish Times I think they might have had one recipe and like a little column of you know in kind of little snippets about food so it was at a time when there wasn't a huge amount um, going on about but uh, the food writers decided to set up an award and the first year the awards were given to there was only three awards at that stage the first year was um Kosh, the association of irish farmhouse cheesemakers which is is still going from strength to strength and as we all know irish farmhouse cheese is has been a, a real triumph for the country and then there was donnelly's apples in kilkenny and silver hill duck so irish cheese Irish grown produce and Irish meat. And these are still one of the major cornerstones of Irish, the I suppose the Irish reputation for being a provider of wholesome, innovative and sustainable food in lots of ways. So you can imagine like that was that was the beginning of it. And 
30 years on, we gathered together um, last week to celebrate the most recent winners. And now it has grown from three categories to eight. Yes, it has indeed. So we have three food awards. We have a drink award. We have um, an environmental award. We have the Community Food Award, which is the only award that we take nominations for. And then we have a a notable contribution to Irish Food Award, which can go to a person or a community um, or a group. And then, and this isn't given out every year, uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, and I think for any food producers or drink producers listening, there's something that they really have to bear in mind here. And that is the marketing of their products and their business because if you guys in the Irish Food Writers Guild don't know about their products, then they're never going to be on a short list to receive an award. I suppose that's one of the the strengths in lots of ways of the Irish Food Writers Guild because we nominate from inside the guild and then we nominate and then we have um, a meeting, a judging meeting where, you know, say whatever I've nominated, I go off and I buy those products and I bring it back. And I don't tell producers that they've been nominated or why I'm buying the products because I'm probably buying them anyway. And I bring them back and we all taste them and discuss them. And as you can imagine, Sharon, we all know quite a lot about food and we are all really passionate about the producers that we're nominating. Um, and, you know, you're only allowed to nominate a certain amount as well. So you you really have to go through like all the people that you've encountered that year and all the different products you've encountered that year and think, who who's the cream of the crop and who do I think will will win an award or is worthy of winning an award this year? And then there are many arguments, I can tell you that. And so then after the arguments, after the tasting, after the arguments, then we all vote on the products and we're, it's voted by proportional representation, which is an awful headache <laughs> in terms of counting. But it is the fairest way of, of getting getting everything through. And and then we have we have our, our list of award winners. So it's something that like if we don't know about the products, exactly, we can't nominate them. But also our job is to go out there and find the products and to go out there and meet the people and find the people and to taste things. This is the thing. In the end of the day, Sharon, it all comes back to things that taste really, really well. And also, I think the judging is interesting because it's a very holistic way um, of looking at it because if you're if if you nominate a product you're the person who has done the research on that particular producer so you know about it and other guild members may have come across them as well but you are expected to like you have to make your presentation and you have to make your case so there's there's no kind of going oh I just like the label on that product I'm just going to put that in so it's very and it's very important that it's you know for us that they're reputable um uh the reputable producer um they have to be in business for a minimum of three years so there's no flash in the pan and they have to like we, we always always have looked at you know their record in terms of environment environmental um and sustainability because it's something I know it's now the buzzword, but it's always something that's been really, really important to the Guild. Some of the awards that, that go to the cheesemakers, that's, you know, really testament to a kind of uh, an Indigenous Irish product being done 
done at its very, very best all around the country and that people can see is making a real difference and using using the best of, of Irish dairy. Well, look, let's start and talk about in more detail um, the, the individual winners there. So let's start with the three food awards, Caroline. Um, yeah. I'm delighted that one of them is from Bindi Antrim. Oh, this this actually product is very close to my heart. This is smoked Loch eel. I visited um, Loch a few years ago and I visited the eel fisheries and I was just I was just astounded you know at this like this this initiative it's it's like a cooperative so in the Lochney Fishermen's Cooperative was set up in 1965 and it was set up to safeguard the traditional method of collect of catching eels so it's like in 65 in around that area you know they were thinking way ahead of what was what would make things sustainable for the next generation of fishermen and the next generation of fishermen and women because there were also women fishing there and because it's a product it's it's such a special thing like eels are very very strange (laughs) and you know like this whole thing about spawning in the Sargasso Sea and then coming back to like Loch and all over the world but they just the kind of journeys that eels take and the kind of um, the fact that they've been eaten for millennia um, around the area and we can prove that but I just I thought it was fascinating and also eels themselves are so beautiful to look at and when I was on my visit up there I got to hold one Sharon and I don't know if you've ever wrestled an eel but they're 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 very strong Um, I was glad that I wasn't on my own and they're incredibly slimy they're really, really slippery. So you, you don't get to hold on to them for very long because then they go. Uh, but I just I, I was fascinated with that aspect of it. But for me, the real um, proof was in, in the tasting of it. You will find eel on so many different menus around all around the country in 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 restaurants at, at, at lots of different levels. And I'm always asking, where does that eel come from? And the answer I'm always getting. Well, if 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 the the wait staff are know their know their um their business and they do actually go and find out for me, it's always Loch Ness eel, and the smoked Loch Ness eel is something that I I think like the the flavour is just is just fabulous and the texture, and it's just such a special product. It's a traditional product and it's made to the very very highest. Um, quality and done in very very small amounts as well so it's a very a very precious one so I think it's one of those um, products that I'd love to see more of because uh, I love the flavor and actually never mind getting it in high-end restaurants if you have it on a piece of like if you get some rye um, toast and just a piece of smoked eel on top of that and a squeeze of of lemon juice um it's just such a simple, simple dish and it's great flavour. I'd say it's the sort of product that a lot of people could be a bit afraid of. So um, let's move on to another Northern Irish product that, that people won't definitely won't be afraid of. And that's the cheese from Ballylist in County Armagh. Yes, um, the well, I I don't I doubt anybody is going to get a, a be wrestling with with Mark Wright's cheese now, <laughs> but <laughs> it might be easier to to get your hands on as well. Um, 
the first time I tasted this cheese was in on a food tour in Limerick. It was like a beautiful summer's evening and the cheese was sitting, we were in the Green Onion Cafe and the cheese was on the table like it was a sharing, sharing platter. I remember just tasting the cheese and going, what is this? Because I hadn't knew I hadn't come across this particular cheese before. And it was at that particular moment of time where the temperature was perfect and the kind of ripeness was perfect. And you just like going, this is gorgeous. And it's just so unctuous and luscious and rich and really great flavors. So um, Mark is, is like, he's a fifth generation of the the, the family um, who grew up on the far, family farm at Ballylisk. And he, he, Triple Rose is the name of that cheese that I tasted, but they also make several other other cheeses and I know that Mark is working on a few more products when we got to taste um his cheese at the at the judging meeting um and the judging meeting is always held at board Bia so we have like a whole kitchen at our disposal and lots and lots of space which is great because there's a lot of, of bits and pieces that come out on the table um we had a whole range of his cheese so like he had a smoked cheese there was smoked cheese there that day and also he does things like um, a balsamic uh, Bramley apple, apple chutney, which is, is gorgeous with it. So it was brilliant to taste them all together. And so they won for, not for just one product, but they won for the entire range. Oh, that's great. And I'm sure like anybody that gets one of these awards must be absolutely delighted with it. Um, let's move to Mayo now for the third food award. And that was Velvet Cloud Sheep's Milk Yogurt. Yes, I think... Sheep's milk yogurt in Ireland is not something that you generally come across. Um, but Ashling Flanagan has really made such a, an impact with it, and she's also been great, tireless at promoting it. And it's and it's not an easy an easy thing to do, you know, when you're trying to introduce a new product into into the environment. So it's. If you've tasted it, you'll know that the flavor of the sheep's milk yogurt is just so creamy and so rich. And you can see why so many chefs really, really love using it in their kitchens. Um, at one stage, there was a cafe in Dublin and they were doing, it was like you got yogurt and eggs and kind of chili oil drizzled on top. And it was like sheep's cloud yogurt and really, really good eggs and just great flavors all together. But it's if, such a simple dish that if you went wrong with any one of those things, that it just wouldn't work. So I think that it's the flavor is brilliant. And also it's a great, um, great thing to use in cooking. Like it's the sort of thing you see again on menus, restaurant menus, but it's lovely to use at home. I think a lot of people as well find that the sheep's milk yogurt can be a lot um, easier to digest than cow's milk. So you have that that advantage there if you're if you're looking for something outside the ordinary but for any of us Sharon this is just an, a fantastic product and uh well worth trying out and well worth cooking with uh if you can get your hands on some or if you can resist hanging you know eating the whole thing and and just hanging on to it for for cooking it is a very versatile product and um, if my memory serves me correctly it is available to buy online if people can't get it from their their local supermarket I remember during the pandemic uh, at one stage um, I Ashling went online and she was selling I think you could get three big cartons oh no sorry not three six um, big cartons uh, delivered for something like 30 quid or something like that 
And my postman was was tormented with me. He was like, at one stage, he was like, he dropped in that one particular day, there was the yogurt and then there was a big sack of Ballamy Kenny potatoes. And he said, uh, he was, there you go, Carlin. And I said, yep, dinner sorted now. And he was rolling his eyes at me. I'd say he was thinking, what on earth is she feeding those children um, if she's only giving them yogurt and spuds? But you know what? The best yogurt and, and great spuds and happy days. Absolutely. And um, moving on to the drinks awards then, definitely not one that your children would have been indulging in, I don't think, Caroline. <laughs> no, we, we, we try to keep them away from the beer, all right. Um, Bale Bourne from Bjorkirk Guina, which is a lot of people would know it's West Kerry Brewery as well. Um, this is Adrian Heslin, uh, Heslin's beer. And I have such admiration for Adrian because she set up a brewery in 2008 in the garden of her pub. In um, Her pub is called Tigrick and it's in Ballyferris around the Dingle Peninsula. And she was thinking ahead. Um, at that stage, there weren't very micro, many microbreweries in Ireland. Things were just starting in terms of the, that wave of microbreweries. Like, that, like, like there was from 2008 until 2012, there was this huge surge in, in um, new microbreweries. Not all of them are still around with us, but the ones that are have really been tried and tested and worked so hard to 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 stay um to stay where they are. But Pure Kirkaguina, um, it was the first brewery in Kerry, and it was also the first in Ireland to be founded and managed by a woman. Um, and Adrian is is a force of nature. She's um somebody who just puts her her shoulder to the wheel and works incredibly hard. So the kit is small. Um, they've only got an 800 litre kit um, and they use water that's from a well underneath the brewery. So it's got a very, very intense connection with the terroir of the area. And I know that Adrian also uses different herbs and flowers and um, things that's, that's foraged on the Dingle Peninsula to add flavour to different beers. But this Balebone, is beautiful golden ale um and it is something that is is kind of most consistently um available so you can find that in in different pubs and different off licenses around the country but i have to say going to um going down to tigvrick you get a chance to try out a lot of different beers in and you get to try them in the place that they're brewed and you get to try them in an incredibly beautiful part of the world so that's well worth checking out Absolutely. And sure, they always taste so much better in their, their home environment. That's it. As any of us will know who've brought random bottles of wine back from, from the continent and gone, why doesn't this taste as good? Yeah, you're like, well, I'm not sitting outside in, in 25 degrees, you know, with no work and all the rest. I'm back in, in, in damp Ireland. Whereas, you know, I think if you're down the Dingle Peninsula, you're prepared for damp Ireland and, you know, just yeah. get good beer. <laughs> Great part of the country for sure. Um, let's talk now about the Wooded Pig in County Meath and they won the Environmental Award. Yes. Um, so the Wooded Pig, um, it was established by Owen Bird in 2016. And so he's based in the Boyne Valley um, near Tara. So himself and his team produced ethically range free range ethically raised free range Irish pork charcuterie specifically so they do a range of chorizo and salami and um they do a copa they do lots of different 
preserved meats and he sells them then in like sliced packets or packets where they're sliced thinly sliced which is great that that's very very handy especially for your 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 school lunches or you can buy them like in 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 like a stick of of um of chorizo or something like that if you want to chop it up yourself but the flavors are fabulous but also you know the fact that owen is really looking at keeping things on the farm um so he's got full traceability he's got happy pigs um always always happy until it comes to the last day and then we happily eat them and so it's um it, it, i think you could sometimes tell the maybe that's just just my imagination running riot but something that's being ca- produced with care and with love and sometimes the flavor um really is proof of that and i definitely think it's worth searching out um the wooded pig products because they're they're the kind of things that they, they might be a little bit pricey but it's definitely worth it because the flavor is so so good and you don't need very much of the charcuterie to give any meal a great flavor and there's been such an increase in the production of charcuterie all over the island of ireland in the past few years so it's great to be able to get it here at home as opposed to maybe looking at italian or spanish versions of it again go back to 1993 sharon who would have thought that there would be like charcuterie produced all over the country and charcuterie is such a high level um, I have to recommend particularly uh, Owen's, um, he does a salami with fennel seeds, which is chef's kiss. Uh, really, really worth it. So, but all of his, all of his products are, are, are great. And it's, it's lovely to see, you know, properly, properly looked after pigs um, being made into such great charcuterie and getting out there into the world. Absolutely. Um, you have a lovely award this year, the Community Food Award, and it went to the Field of Dreams in County Cork. Tell me more about that. Oh, I have to to say, that the Field of Dreams, it's it's something really really special, and it's one of these places that I'd heard of, but I didn't know much about. So it's something that I think is it it's great to to you know one of the, one of the reasons behind these awards is to like shine a light on people or products or places that you might not necessarily come across in other ways. So in 2017, um, the Cork branch of Down Syndrome Ireland established the Field of Dreams. So it's a three acre site and it supports the learning needs of adults with Down Syndrome um, who are based in and around Cork City. And it uses horticulture to help them learn and also for personal development. So the participants are the people who, who work on site, like they're learning how to, to grow um, fruit and vegetables, how to harvest them, uh, and also about good nutrition and how to cook. So it's the thing is, of course, they're learning all these skills, but we can benefit from it because we can go in and they have um, a little farm shop just outside. So you can get your, your free range eggs, you can get your fruit, your vegetables, everything beautifully in season. And they also sell sell plants and herbs and things like that. So if if I'm going to buy, you know, plants or herbs or anything, like I may as well go to a place like Field of Dreams and support the work that they're doing and um 
make sure that that the money is going back into supporting an entire network of people who are also getting jobs from this so they they work with employers as well so they've you know brought their their participants along um, and you know taught them all these different skills and then they can often place them with different employers so which is an incredible thing because you know it's it's a time when everybody needs staff and people you know with down syndrome it's it's not that they're any less able in any way shape or form it's just there's different ways of looking at things so when they can be learn how to how to work in this kind of environment and they can produce incredible um, fruit and vegetables and in, produce incredible skills it's it's a situation that bodes well for everybody absolutely it sounds like a really wonderful initiative and one well worth exploring more run by very passionate people who who really just want to see the very very best for for the people in their learning and i'm sure they were thrilled to get that award oh very much so very much so and because again they're just they're just working away this is all community supported there's no there's no funding going in here so they're just working away working away working away trying to make ends meet as are all of the food producers on the island at the moment and it's not very easy times for people so you know they did they never expected that that they would um be nominated they, they're like you know what are awards they're they're too busy working and it's not like they're you know there there are many awards now that people can enter if you're like producing food but it's not 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 for for a, a whole community enterprise where and this is what we like to recognize is a community enterprise where food and community come together to create a synergy um which is so much more than than um the sum of the parts Absolutely. So whenever you were talking about the awards being quite cheese heavy, Caroline, you weren't joking because the last two awards were given to two individuals who have cheese related businesses, but that's not just why they got the awards. So let's talk first about the notable contribution to Irish food. And that was received by Gabriel Flaherty, who many people will be familiar with because he, he's the man from the Aran Islands with the, the, the goats, uh, who makes the goat's cheese, but does lots of tourism initiatives over there as well. Well, I think uh, Gabriel is a pure Aran Islander. He will turn his hand to anything. Uh, he, um, obviously, from the Aran Islands, uh, born and bred, and he became involved in cheesemaking when his wife bought him a few goats as a birthday present. And I love that idea. It's like going, oh, what will I get Gabriel for his birthday? Sure, wouldn't he love a few goats now? There's nothing, he's doing nothing else. And, and Gabriel is a man who's doing many, many other things. So he does tour, like he he would have started off, I think, um, with the pony and trap, um, picking up tourists from the ferry and taking them around the island. And he is a pure Shanaki, like he cannot stop telling tales the whole time you know even if you're just chatting to him for five minutes he's you know telling you stories and he's trying to get you to visit the iron islands which is i have to say is not a problem um he i love the way that so he he got the goats for a birthday present and then he started making cheese and that kind of gives focus in in some ways as well to his tours because he can bring you 
to the factory and show you how the cheese is made. And also you can get to taste the cheese, which is the cheese of the island. And I I love that idea that, you know, he's going, well, what basically, how do you make a living when you're on the Aran Islands and you have tourists coming in, but you need to make the most of when they're there and what they're doing. And and Gabriel is is a good man at doing that. So yeah, he when when he was nominated, it's like it's for his tours, it's for his cheese, but it's it's mostly for like as as the name says, the notable contribution to Irish food. Like you know, bring using food as a focus to uh, bring people around the Aran Islands because it's so easy for people to to kind of visit the the islands and just kind of dip in and dip out. What he does is particularly with his um with his tours and things like that, and he'll do he'll put together a bespoke tour for you, Sharon. I can I can guarantee you that, um, is to make sure that people engage really with the with the land and the landscape and the history and the myth and the storytelling of the Aran Islands. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely an an amazing individual. And then just quickly, Caroline, to finish up, the Lifetime Achievement Award went to the Sheridan Brothers, who are well-known cheesemakers in Ireland. Well, the the Sheridan Brothers are are, are they're they're not necessarily cheesemakers, but um, they're the people who've been promoting Irish cheese and who have been selling Irish cheese, and they're the people who, if they weren't there, if that level wasn't there, the cheesemakers could make as much cheese as they wanted, but if you can't get it out to market and if you can't sell it, there's no point. So they're a hugely important part of the Irish farmhouse cheese story. Um, they started selling at the, the Saturday market in Galway in, in 1995 and then they moved into shops so their whole ethos has been about building strong relationships with the producers and working very very closely with them to get the best possible uh, possible results and the best possible cheeses so when you see that beautiful um, green white and gold packaging you know, or when 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 somebody sends you a Sheridan's hamper and you open the box and you're like, this 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 is going to be something really really special, and it doesn't matter whether you're just going in, um, to one of their shops like on on a South Anne Street was was um, uh, like a place I haunted all all the time I lived in Dublin, and then you know they have a brilliant farmers market at their their centre that's um near Kells and they but if you go into your supermarket like a, a local supermarket these days a lot of the Dunn stores have cheese counters in them so you can be buying a beautiful hamper of cheese or having it sent to you or you can be getting just one block of really really gorgeous um cheese that you you just really want to try and it'll be all wrapped up and it'll look beautiful so you know anything that's in that packaging is going to be very very special and I suppose one of the things and and this was very un-Irish when they started they've always been really good at getting people to taste so you know if you called into their their shop in Galway it's like you couldn't get past the door without having having to taste a few cheeses and then once you tasted it that was it. You were sucked in and you would be leaving like reeling out 20 minutes later with your bag full of cheese and, and your budget blown for the week. But it was always worth it. And it still is always worth it. And I think what they've done has been incredible. And they've also 
broaden the base of cheese lovers in Ireland because you know if you go if you go to a shop and you can only get one type of cheese then you only eat one type of cheese but if you go like there's a down in just outside Cork um there's this in Incredible Dunn Stores, um, which has all all the, <laughs> the great little little spots in it. And you go into that Sheridan's there and it's just a, 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 an education because you will learn lots about cheese when you're just tasting and talking or even looking at what, what's available. And you you come home with something that's that's something so special. And that's something very much of Ireland. You definitely come home with more than one piece of cheese, Caroline, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and come here then, at the awards last week, you were in Susie Street and the team in Susie Street used ingredients from all, all the winners to curate a really fantastic menu. They did indeed. So what we do now, obviously, the last two years, we've we've just produced um actually a beautiful e-zine um, which had photos and recipes and uh, citations about about all of our winners for the last the last two years so those have been they were incredibly successful actually they they had a great reach but it was wonderful to be back together in person for the first time in three years uh, uh, on Tuesday at CC Street. So we worked very closely with John Healy um, in there, who's the manager. And then Mark Dunn is, or sorry, John Healy's the manager. Mark Dunn works in the marketing side of it. And then Dennis Lysenko is the head chef. And what we do basically, and this is a challenge for any restaurant, you you you, you give them a list of the award winners and you go... Tell me what we could do with this. Send me a menu. So they honestly, they took the challenge because, as you say, it was quite a cheese heavy um, environment. They took the challenge and they ran with it and they produced a fabulous menu, which involved. Well, there was there were all all the, the award winners were on there and they were all named. So you had things like, you know, like an amuse bouche of a smoked Loch eel with a velvet cloud sheep's milk yogurt mousse and some dill and that was actually I think that was one of my favorites because it was just lovely juxtaposition of the smoky flavor of the eel which had been slightly blowtorched so you get that lovely char in there as well and then the creaminess of the mousse but I do think um the whole the dish of the whole event was um it, it used the wooded pigs cuppa which is like very very thin kind of ham um, for for all intents and purpose, wrapped around a piece of monkfish, but this was monkfish that was cut on the bone, so it was a very different way of showcasing a really good like monkfish is a fabulous a fabulous fish, but you don't get it on the bone very often, and I think the flavour of anything that's cooked on the bone is so much better than when it's filleted, so this was beautiful fish and it just had that wow factor uh everybody who was there really really enjoyed it and it showcased the copa and the the monkfish the flavors together just went really really well but you know all in all um i have to say susie street they did us proud they did an incredible job with this oh and actually with that dish with the monkfish um i was drinking the bale bone from bjorkirk aguina and that worked incredibly well well listen we send our congratulations to all of the award recipients this year it's been great to hear all about them from you caroline 
Thanks for taking the time to tell me all about them. And if somebody wants to find out more about the awards, the winners, recipes, all of that, they're all up on the Guild website, I believe. They are indeed. If you just go to irishfoodwritersguild.ie, just type in Irish Food Writers Guild, um, you'll see you'll see there's like a on the website, there's a whole list of not just the winners from last week, but winners from from the last 30 years. And it's a roll call of the good and the great from from the Irish food um, food scene. And what's lovely, you know, for me looking looking through it is so many of the winners are still around or they're in the next generation, um, still producing really, really good food. And we all know this. These are hugely challenging times. So for for people in general, but for food producers in particular. So I think and I know this from pe- what people were saying to me on, on Tuesday is that it, they get that letter to say that they've, they're have they they're an award winner and it just gives them a, such a boost. And we all need boosts like that in life. We all need times when people go, you know what, we've been looking at what you're doing and you're doing an incredible job and we want to celebrate that. And it is all about celebrating Irish food in the best possible way, Sharon, which is by eating it. Absolutely. Well, listen, thanks again, Caroline, for telling me all about it today. Before I go, Sharon, just I'd like to say a big thank you to Board Bia, who are one our, our main sponsor. Um, as you know, like you can't do events like this unless you have sponsors. And they have been really incredibly good at supporting um the, the food awards. But it's also for us, it's really, really important that they continue to value food writing as an important contribution alongside their own work to promote and develop the Irish food scene because they are doing something similar. It's like we're all doing it at different levels and it's all of those levels layering up that that makes makes Irish food so really exciting and makes Irish food an environment where we all want to be, I suppose, hanging out and eating. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM.